Hello there. My name is Jason Garwood, teaching pastor here at uh, Crossing Crown Church in Northern Virginia. And I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for um, uh, taking the time to listen to this uh, audiobook, um, Church Shift by Sunday at Elijah. I really just wanted to spend just a few minutes, not long, uh, just offering some of my thoughts on the book. Um, I first read the book back in, I think it was late 2017. And uh, I was quite impressed with the book, and I thought, you know, this is, a, this is something worthy of our consideration. I think there's some good stuff here, especially as Christian Reconstructionists. So it was fun to go back and revisit a lot of those things that I had uh, first read, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, this was my first narration of an audiobook, uh, and of course there's a lot of things that go with that, um, like making sure you enunciate. And so I'm sure there may have been mistakes here and there, and I'll certainly own those. Um, but it's a lot more work to record an audiobook than I thought. Um, when you're reading, you just sort of read it, and you work your way through it. But having to take the time and make sure you're saying words correctly, especially words that are uh, a little outside my normal vocabulary, um, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of um, things you need to work through and chip away at it day by day. But I'm done. I'm glad for that. And, and I wanted to share this audiobook out there mostly because I think there's so many great things that are there. We're coming from a Christian Reconstructionist background, a theology that is a faith for all of life. And so a lot of the things that Pastor Sunday at Elijah talks about are things that we talk about. Um, talking about the discipleship of the church or the Great Commission and the discipling of nations, that we are supposed to not isolate ourselves from the world, which he argues in chapter one leads to ineffectiveness and failure, which is true. That's why we here in the West are seeing the problems we are, especially in America. Um, we are isolationists oftentimes. But Ed Elijah reminds us that the Great Commission mandate is to go, to go, to go and disciple nations. And a lot of the language he uses, of course, is not necessarily language that is typical of the Christian Reconstructionist movement. Um, it's not language uh, that the Rush Dunies and Norths and Bonsons and, and others um, like myself would use. Um, language probably you wouldn't use when he speaks of your promised land. Um, certainly there is a typology thing going on there when you have the promised land of the Old Testament, and Jesus makes that pretty clear in John 14, that the place that he's building is this new promised land, the world. Um, that's We are the house that's infiltrating the nations of the earth. But that's okay. It's language that's outside our norm, but I think it's certainly worth consideration. Um, and he also makes the point, and I'm just going to pull a few of these and make some comments and not take any more of your time, but it's interesting the kingdom principles that he pulls together at the end of each chapter. And another one that I, I liked was from chapter one where he says, ministry is what you do to bring your life and your sphere of influence under kingdom rule. And when we as Christian Reconstructionists think about what it means to be ministers of the gospel, ministers of reconciliation. We are a new creation. We have been sent on this mission into the world. And that ministry sometimes can be uh, render us almost incapacitated. 
we almost um, feel a sense of, of, of um, inadequacy, maybe, and maybe you're supposed to. I, I think we all should feel a sense of inadequacy to some degree. Um, but God has chosen us, and so we do have what we need. We are adequately prepared. We have the Holy Spirit of God. Um, but I like what he says about bringing your life and your sphere of influence under kingdom rule. God has given us his Holy Spirit, and our first task is ourselves. We need to be governed by God, the principle of self-government. Now, Pastor Sunday doesn't really talk about that in, in the way we do, but he is describing it. Um, our lives are to be marked by self-government. We are to be people who um, are um, governed by God the Spirit and his word. And then and only then can you build on that foundation. Then and only then can we go into the world and, and use our spheres of influence to bring kingdom rule there. And um, I, like, I like the idea of the concentric circles where each of us has a sphere of influence somewhere. You have people you do life with, friends, family, coworkers, so on and so forth. And, and then there are like, you know, the further you get out in those concentric circles, you get to the edge of the circle and, you know, it's just the world out there. And a lot of times we can maybe spend too much time in either of those. But I really think like <laughs> percentage wise, we should probably focus on our spheres of influence in terms of what's right in front of us and where, where can we enact the most um, how, how do we impact people closest to us with this faith for all of life, with this kingdom rule, with the kingdom principles, like he says? And I think there's a lot of merit there. I think there's a lot of merit to us spending our time laboring where we're at, doing what we're doing locally. Um, and, and certainly, there's, you know, there's a time and place for Facebook and, you know, making connections and networking across, across the entire world. But a lot of times, I think that what God has called us to is faithfulness with what's right in front of us, with your family, with your job, the things that are right there in your everyday that you can take the kingdom rule of Christ and, and bring those principles to bear. He spends a lot of time in this book talking about not huddling inside the church sanctuary, um, but we're supposed to restore the kingdom of God to the world. and. And one thing that's really a gut check is, you know, the whole thing he says in chapter one about God holding the church responsible for societies. I think he's right. I think as Christian Reconstructionists who think covenantally, um, we think about what's happening in America with the bloodshed of the abortion holocaust. We see the injustice of prison systems, the injustice of the drug war. We see the fruit of a humanist statist vision for society. And it's our fault. <laughs> All of it's happening because we, the church, have not actually proclaimed the gospel. We have huddled in our church walls, and we have essentially castrated our own vision, our own purpose, what Christ has given us in his world, uh, for the world, I should say. So really, that leads into another point of emphasis that I like about the book, and again, there may be some influence of the Seven Mountain Dominion stuff, um, which is, of course, a word of caution 
you you should um, be careful. I think of some of those things. The the dominionism um, that version is. Uh, it, <laughs> while they say a lot of good things and a lot of things that we would say, um, there are some questions. And um, Dr. Joel McDermott has written on that before. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but you could probably Google it and find out uh, find that actually fairly quickly. Um, but the big thing I think with with um, Pastor Sunday's book is the idea that the church is supposed to be a training ground for people, and the church is meant to be this gathering of the ecclesia, where we are trying to rescue people, as Pastor Sunday says, from the horrors of sin and evil, and that's what the gospel does. But the church is meant to be a, a training ground for that. When we gather and we sing and we pray together and there's teaching, that's, that's an equipping. That's an aspect of warfare. We are huddled together, if you will, to remember the battle plans, to strategically figure out what's next, what are we supposed to do, um, and then go and do it. And we know that God does eagerly await the redemption of the nations. He makes that point in chapter 2. There's a lot of Christian theology that we are fighting against where essentially we're just sitting around waiting for Jesus to return, when in fact we should be picking up a shovel and a hammer and getting to work. Um, But God does want to save nations. He wants his nations to be discipled. That's what he told his disciples in the Great Commission. And so we are called, as he says in chapter 2, as the children of Almighty God, we're called to act like his representatives on earth. If we don't do that, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And so one of uh, his principles from chapter 2, the real focus of every Christian's life and of all our church activities is promoting the kingdom of God in every sphere of our nations. This is what it looks like to bring Christian reconstruction to the world, to the nations around us. That's our focus. Um, So many evangelical churches, and even in the Reformed camp, uh, the church activities exist for the sake of the church activities. There really isn't a promotion of the kingdom of God. And and something we we say a lot here at Cross and Crown, our ecclesia, our church, our, our community here, Look, like we aren't here for ourselves. We want to serve each other. We want to love each other. And that's, you know, we do that week in and week out, day in and day out, practically. Um, but that's not the end game. The, the goal for us is to infiltrate Warrington, the town we live in, infiltrate the county we reside in, infiltrate Northern Virginia, and, and ultimately see the gospel expand. But we need to be able to promote the kingdom of God and promote people you know, who have their individual purpose in their particular spheres. We have a lot of people in our church right now that are plumbers, and that's a, it's a hard job. It's a job that requires a lot of hours, a lot of labor. But for us, we, that's, that's kingdom work. You have a sphere of influence where you can go and you can start infiltrating the kingdom of darkness. And that's what the church has done so bad at. And I think, I think Pastor Sunday does an excellent job of pointing that out and demonstrating what it is we, we really should be pursuing. And that is, you know, our country that's flourishing in obedience to Christ. And that's the big, that's the big vision. But it has to start with us. 
It has to start with the person next to you. It has to start with your family. It has to start with your local church, your abolitionist society, all these other things. That's where it has to start. Um, the whole concept of the promised land, I think, is is helpful. I think it's if that's how you want to think of it and phrase it, I think Pastor Sunday, uh, he spends a lot of time in chapter 3 on that. And there are really good things, and I think that's his way of saying your promised land is the place that God has planted you in, and you need to labor there. Um, it's not language I would necessarily use, but it's not wrong language. It's quite biblical in my estimation, because it's basically your place of calling. You are a servant of Christ. Your, your particular location is where God has put you, and so you need to, you need to serve in God's house. Um, he, one of his principles in chapter 3 here, your promised land will always involve meeting other people's needs, which is true. Um, we are called to be servants. We are called to be last. We are called to be at the bottom. We are called to serve, and only when we do that does God exalt his people. Um, he also says um, the best way to explore your promised land is through education, learning, and getting better. If you're at a job, uh, maybe you're a plumber, like I just mentioned many of our people are, then you should be constantly learning and educating yourself, and maybe even learning outside of that a little bit. Be the most competent person at your job. Be the, be the person that uh, everyone's looking to and asking questions. Be the type of man or woman who is serving so well and learning so much that you are a wealth of knowledge and people are coming to you. Um, I'm just looking here in my notes here. I only wrote a few things down. But he talks a lot about the kingdom of God, which is, which is excellent. I think a lot of what he says is really helpful, um, especially as it relates to the church. Um, when Christians make church the focal point of their lives and ministry, they burn each other like an oversalted dish and blind each other like a room full of spotlights. Kind of some vivid language there. Um, and I think he's true. I think he's right. We, when a church loses focus, what happens? We start fighting, infighting. Um, we're not, you know, we're not uh, focused on changing what's out there. We begin worrying about things in here, and then suddenly we're fighting about which VBS to put on. That's not kingdom focus. That's not using your resources for the kingdom. Um, he says that one of the principles, there is absolutely no use in having a big church without changing culture, speaking to society, and curing social ills. He says at the very end of the book about, um, he talks about Bill Clinton and Bono. And um, yeah, I have some concerns about the theology of both of those men. Um, but I think he's putting his, put his finger on something there. We have people who see societal ills, see injustices, see unrighteousness, and they're trying to do something about it. And by and large, the church has chosen not to, um, whether that's... Uh, racism and towards blacks or other minorities, um, injustice with um, unarmed people being shot. <laughs> you know, th this whole system of statism is there, and we have decidedly uh, retreated from it. We don't have much to say. Um, well, some of us do, <laughs> but by and large, the church doesn't. And a lot of times this is because churches have 
egocentric leaders, um, people who are there for the numbers. They're there for you know who can grow the biggest church. They go to the big conferences to learn how to grow even bigger, how to break the barrier, whatever number you're at. But our job, our task is to be kingdom focused. And I think overall, his book does a great job at making sure that we are people who, who are living you know, a life that reflects the kingdom in every single area of life. His emphasis as a pastor on being the person that's helping others discover their promised land, if you will, their point of influence. I think that's absolutely fantastic. As a pastor, that, that's really been my aim. How, how can we encourage people to serve where they're at, um, not give them an idea that you know true ministry is when you're full-time ministry pastor? No, everyone's in full-time ministry. That's the whole point of being a disciple of Christ. Um, in the last chapter, one of the things that he points out, and I'll just end with this, is that um, the world is absolutely looking around for solutions. Um, you have, you know, men who are men and women who are unregenerate looking for socialism. Um, it's never been tried their way, so of course they're trying to do it their way. You have uh, ostensible conservative Republicans who are doing the same thing, making the same mistakes. Um, sort of this, you know, socialism light. Um, the world is looking for, pro- for solutions. This, it, the world sees problems. The world knows that there's problems. And they're trying to, as he says, grope around in darkness, um, looking for solutions in all the wrong places. But it's time for the church to shift. It's time for the church to see those problems and meet those needs. And it starts with the ground up. It starts with us being faithful with where we're at, with what we have. This idea of do what you can, start where you are, use what you have. That is the message of Reconstruction. And so sure, Pastor Sunday's book, you could um, find some things you could nitpick about. Um, I could probably nitpick about things I wrote years ago. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff that we can take from it, especially when we think about what it means to shift the focus of a church and his story about his work in Ukraine and the Orange Revolution and all that is quite fascinating, and I, I trust that it was enjoyable to you. So that's it. These are just my off-the-cuff comments. Um, I pray you're blessed. I pray you're well, and I pray that you can take these principles and put them into practice. God bless.